Hey guys, this is Jeremy from 78 Productions, and this is the Level Up Podcast. With us this week is Jesse Gruber. Hello. And T.C. Johnson. Hey, hey. Alright, so this week we are going to be talking exclusively about the topic of porn and what that means for the church, but before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this app called Bolton Plus, which is on Android, it's on the iOS system. It is the perfect way for you to be able to get into engaging with the, the people as far as how to interact with your bolts, and I know for our church that just recently we have gone from a digital version to a being able to do all online. It is all for your electronic needs, and it saved us almost $3,600 an entire year, which is a huge issue for us because we want to be able to get our budget at 95%, so we're actually being good stewards of our money. So I highly encourage you guys, if you do not have an appropriate way to be able to engage with people, if you're still on paper and that's something that you think is antiquated and not flashy, but also not necessarily serving your needs, you might want to consider checking out Bulletin Plus. I love the fact that you can actually have hyperlinks on there for sign-up forms and get people signing up as you're doing the announcements. So much better. We're in the 21st century, guys. Church technology needs to do something like this. So go check them out at bulletinpl.us. So Bulletin Plus, but it's .us. So this week we are going to be talking about pornography and how we actually fight this in the church. And I think that this is something that is going to be an interesting topic for all of us. And not only is our topic for the power-up stage about pornography as well from our series that we've been doing all year long that we're going to try to hit every single month, almost every single week. But we're also interviewing people from the Triple X Church. I love the fact that we are talking about this. To kind of spur this on from, from a ground zero point, I would love to hear what you guys have to say, Jesse and TC, on this topic of we need to be fighting this, and yet it's one of those things that publicly we're like, yeah, it's bad, and then as far as a cause, we're not saying anything about it. We're not actually taking the initiative to fight against pornography. What do you guys think that church tech people should do in a, in a relational ministry to their congregation? What do you think that we should really be doing as a church in general as far as standing up and fighting what pornography is all about. I know the attitudes, um, even that I've had before, um, you know, kind of what you were saying about, it, it almost feels like a cause. Like we get ramped up about it for a season or a time, and then either either nothing happens or it dwindles down or whatever. Um, and that, that kind of that is fed by the emotion model, I call it, of church and of, of getting things done. And it's, 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 you're right, it's not a very effective model at all. It's, it's very temporary, it doesn't create lasting change, and it's not, it's not in for the long haul. That perspective of, of tackling the issue um, maybe needs to be less emotional and maybe needs to be more, uh, more of a long-term plan, understanding that you know, sanctification is a process, and that as as in anything it's going to take some time so get people excited but get people to understand that it's it's about committing for the long haul too it's not just about that one-time seminar and then you leave and you're fixed from pornography or whatever uh it's it's part of the sanctification process that we all go through i love that you asked that justin because one of the things that we talk about on the bonus level whenever you guys sign up for the level up newsletter 
we have an exclusive section on that. We actually talk a little bit more with the guy from Triple X Church about what it means to have a relational ministry and to be able to engage well with people directly for church technology. And one of the entry points is pornography. And you're so you're talking about theological stuff for the church tech ministry to engage in, sanctification, stuff like that. It's a, it's a lot to take in with this whole subject of pornography. So in this process, is church technology supposed to take up the mantle of being able to engage well relationally? Or is our focus only supposed to be on software and training and tutorials and stuff like that on this topic of pornography? Well, you know, the the church tech team has a very, really solidified traditional role. And that's, you know, the guy or the gal or or the team sitting in the booth or up in the loft or something like that. Very invisible. You know, if they're doing their job well, like we talked about them previous podcast, you know, if you're doing your job well, people barely even know you're there. So making that jump from the support team to a relational ministry, I think that's going to be a a huge challenge uh, for anyone that attempts it. However, we also have to keep in mind that it's not by our own effort that we achieve these things. It's, It's by you know, the strength imparted on us, you know, by the Spirit and by Christ. So as long as the the tech team has the right, uh, you know, goal in mind, not to make a ministry out of themselves, but to make a ministry for Christ, I think they'll see much more success. Well, and I also think that if we ask the church tech team to do this, they need to have qualifications on this. And so all of a sudden we're asking our volunteers to have some kind of a level of theological understanding or um, maybe at the very least of what it means for pornography and having a lot of stuff. So I, I don't think that church tech teams have to do something like this, but if you want to start being relational, you're going to, as a leader of the church tech team or as a staff person that's overseeing this, you're going to have to have some intentional conversations and trainings and where do they stand on pornography why is it bad this is one of those things where the rubber meets the road in the process and and emotions are high with something like this right and this is not a a first meeting kind of conversation point this is one you bring up after you have i would say a significant amount of relational uh, deposits made into that bank so that you can make a few withdrawals you know speaking about a topic that is uncomfortable i mean you want to put it bluntly uh, even though so many people out there are are consuming, participating, viewing, whatever you want to say, uh, pornography, it's still you, you bring it up in some circles, especially a church circle, and, and people start to look down and, and turn red and try to find any way out of that conversation. You take those same people into the workplace and they might be talking about it all day long, but you know, it's all about the location, the context, how comfortable they are with you, you know, things like that. Yeah. Here's my final question to you on this section. What are your guys' personal stance on this? My, here, here's mine, and then I'll let you guys offer your own, especially with your own unique situations. I think that the church tech team needs to be relational. Someone on that team needs to understand the theology of porn and what that means for a Christian's walk, a, a non-Christian's walk that is visiting your church, and how do you engage well with that topic. Um, but me personally, I think that that's where the church tech ministry can shine, can own this cause, it's dear to our hearts because so much of us that work with technology face it. And so we should own what that means in, in the church and how we can engage well with it. So what are your guys' thoughts, especially your context? Kind of share what your context is. Um, well, <clears throat> I, I think it's, you know, going back a little bit to your, to your other question, I think, it's, I think it's a total package. I think that if, if the church tech team just owns the tech part, that... Um, that something's being missed because you know it's it's not about the tech. Uh, 
it's it's about the heart. Um, the technology is just a tool that we use to glorify God or glorify ourselves. Um, and I, I think that's where that's where we teach our people at Missio Day um, that in in anything and in everything, it could be um, as simple as you know posting a Facebook status to um, all the way to engaging with pornography. That um, it's that these things are tools that God has placed in our hands. Um, and we have a responsibility to either use them to, to bring about his glory, um, or use them to, uh, glory in our selfishness. Um, so that's, that's how I approach it with, you know, with my friends on, on my sm very small tech team. Uh, it's, it's very relational in our group just because we're, we are so small. Uh, we have the ability to ha be in relationship with everybody, uh, at this point, um, so that's kind of that's kind of how we we would address that um, is is mainly in relationship, uh, understanding that the fight the fight against pornography is an ongoing process um, and part of sanctification, uh, and that the technology that we use um, are tools, and that uh, that we can use them to either glorify ourselves or glorify God. So that's that's kind of where we land uh, in, in our context, and, and just being that the the people that are running the computers, running the tech in the church, uh, are, are sometimes going to be viewed in the spotlight of, well, that guy knows computers pretty good and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. Start reading up on things. Start reading up on uh, tools such as uh, DNS filtering, uh, you know, web, web filtering on the local machine, web filtering on a home router, web filtering by the DNS servers that you use. Uh, um, accountability type applications. Research those things so that when you do step out into this relational ministry, you already have tools to offer people. And I will even end this discussion with if you're a church team that is not at that point where you can take on these challenges, you're just trying to get through every single Sunday and you don't have the capacity. I totally understand that. This, this challenge is for somebody that has the capacity to own something like that or for you to start dreaming of what your ministry could eventually become in the next six months or year. Tell the church elders or the deacons what it means to be a relational ministry as far as church technology, but also to be able to engage well with what you have and to own the process to what excellence you have. And so if you're not at that place, start dreaming about it. If you are, take that challenge and see what you can do for your church. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move to the power up level. All right, guys, the power up level is where we start to talk about one of our articles that we have authored in the last couple of weeks, give our impressions of what it meant to actually write that, where it came from, and as readers, some of our, our feedback or pushback on the actual topic. And since we are focusing on porn, what is one article that you guys have that one of us wrote? Well, uh, Jeremy, I, I would say that Jesse's article on modern porn is... Uh... Is, is a huge one in my opinion because it addresses uh, some of the ways people are accessing and consuming pornography today that differs from even even as much as maybe two years ago. Um, you know, Jesse, when you when you hit on things such as uh, porn gone mobile, uh, talking about how we can get it on our phones or tablets, you know, up until you know I would say maybe a year ago, there was almost nothing out there 
that could protect a person on their mobile device. Uh, and, and now in this, in this article, in this simple article, you've, you've given us uh, numerous ways of on both Android and uh, iOS to install software that gives us one of the best protections that we can use, which is accountability, getting a partner and, and allowing them to receive uh, you know, emails or alerts or whatever. Whenever you go somewhere you shouldn't be going, bam, they get the message and they call you up and they go, what you doing, man? What's up? And uh, so I, I think, you know, addressing things like that, you know, great job in that article. What, what, uh, what, what would you say was your, your main motivations for the, for the whole article? Really, it's, it's a strange motivation. Uh, I mean, I just starting out, um, even with the pornography series, I was kind of just working my way, kind of like easing my way into it, um, starting like really broad. And, and that's what this, that's what this article is. It's, it's not very in-depth. There aren't a lot of details. Um, it's just very... It makes a lot of blanket statements. Um, and it's it's kind of like an introductory that, you know, this this is ridiculously accessible um, to us in our culture. And it's such a detrimental thing to our spiritual health. And and even our relationships, you know, as a whole. You know, how, how, we, how we view each other in, in light of, you know, what, what we're watching. Um, and taking in via pornography. <laughs> One of the crazy conversations I saw uh, on Google Plus that really scared me was was when Chromecast was released, um, and I saw numerous threads that were so excited that they could finally cast pornography to their TV screen um, and enjoy it on their 42 inch, you know, high def whatever, and. I was like, holy cow, like, these people are just waiting for technology to advance, and porn's going to be right there catching up, like, that that scared me, uh, and it, it made me fearful for, um, for the church at large, just because I know that so often we're, we're behind the curve um, in adopting new technology and checking it out, in understanding how it works. Um, and, and so that scared me. Um, I think that's really what made me uh, want to to take this introductory look at modern porn and, and how how huge pornography has become and how accessible it is and how, how frightening that is. Right. Now, I know in, in my house, I use uh, a DNS filter to, to keep really the whole family safe. Uh, my kids have laptops now. Uh, we, we have, you know, a couple of mobile devices, a couple of computers running and all it takes is one, um, errant Google search and, and you've got, you know, Google images cause they now pop up anytime you search, you get Google images right across the top. So if your if your Google settings aren't configured properly, if you don't have some kind of filtering software, there's no telling what could pop up in that, that top, you know, row where the image uh, thumbnails come up. So I use um, OpenDNS, which is a free DNS service, and then you can set up an account through them, and you can set up web filtering. And I just kind of went all out, all, all out on it. Um, and they have like you can do custom where you can block individual things, uh, or uh, you can just say strict, moderate, simple. But uh, you got to have something in your house. You need you need something to provide that shield. And um, the issue was that. It worked in the house, but as soon as I left the house, my phone was then unprotected. So now with, you know, 
additional apps that have come online since then and things like that. You know, um, OpenDNS is now offering a mobile mobile uh, filtering service that's not free. You have to find the right tool for your situation and, uh, and, and employ it to really kind of keep all that nastiness out of your life. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that that is the perfect solution for a church in the sense that you are not asking your congregation members to be accountable unto themselves, but you are offering that for the entire church congregation. And and really the fact is, is it's a multi-layered approach is that you have stuff on your phone as well as on the server themselves. And so I think churches definitely check that out. We'll have a link with that in the link dump, but have something on the server side where whenever anybody tries to access something on your own church's Wi-Fi, that that's there. But then also maybe this is an educational piece for you to be able to say, here's something that you can install at your home so that you don't even have to worry about it for everybody that's on the internet when they're at your house. Now, the other side of that is, what do we do as far as mobile software and laptop software for that? Te- Jesse, you offered some tips for what kind of software people could use. Honestly, like when, when I was looking and when I was searching um, for accountability software for my Android, um, I was I was really finding it lacking. I was, I was finding it difficult to, to find a good one. Um, I remember years ago, um, I had an iPhone 3GS, and that was as simple as disabling Safari and installing one of the accountability browsers um, and just using that. Um, but with Android, it's it's much more open, so it's, in a sense, you know, easier to get around, you know, blocks and this like that. You can just kill an app in the background, um, and, you know, the service won't even know it's not there. You know, stuff like that. And so I was I was really, really struggling to try to find one uh, that was that was, you know, worth it, that that was that I felt confident that in my time of, of temptation that would provide enough in between me and pornography to to get my brain away from it. Um, and what I was finding was that more and more browsers on the Play Store were having these incognito modes or or secret browsing modes that, you know, are, are advertised for things like, you know, putting in your bank password and stuff like that. But every average Joe would just use that for pornography. You know, it, it doesn't store anything on your on your phone. There's no traces. It's, it's you know, very secure in that way. And I was having trouble finding things that would protect you from the incognito mode. And so I, I, la- I landed on Ever Accountable. Um, when it was first starting to develop, um, they developed it as a, uh, as an add-on for Dolphin Browser, um, that, that would not track what you were doing in incognito mode, but would monitor the time spent in incognito mode. And it would email that to your accountability partner. So your accountability partner knows, oh, he's spending 10, 15 minutes in incognito mode. Well, what the heck's he doing? Um... And since then, it's just evolved into this fantastically secure app. I mean, it, it has processes, um, you know, that will that will restart the service, you know, even if as soon as the screen turns on, if it's been killed in the background, it, you know, it has access to your accessibility settings so it can see inside of incognito mode in, in Chrome and uh, several other browsers. Um, it, it It's just, it covers all the bases, Um it, you could tell that there's a lot of fault behind it um, into caring for people and, and how they would even find ways to circumvent accountability software. And I, I think that, that that was fantastic for me. 
it's literally the only one I recommend on Android um, because of that. It it lets me use the browser I want. Like, I really wanted to use Chrome. I didn't really want to use Dolphin. You know, I'm a Google guy. You know, shoot me. Uh, but this would allow me to do that in a way that's safe for me um, as far as internet content goes. I, I love it. One of the things I take away from not just what you're saying, but just the general attitude that we've kind of been having in all of this, and I think that this is key to the entire software discussion, is that it's not just about what it is that you're having on the software, but you need to have those conversations with people. It's not just, oh, I'm in this moment, so I'll look at pornography. It's an entire process of what's going on in your heart, what is going on. It's pushing you to want to be able to do something like that when you know you're not supposed to, especially within your faith. This is something that we hold on to strongly in this day and age, especially in the in the modern approach of is pornography good or bad. I've heard pastors say, oh, you're going to do it anyway, so you might as well just do it in the sanctity of your own home and not do it with a girl physically and, and get her pregnant or get disease. And so this goes beyond just having the software there, but as you were saying, having that accountability and even before about what that means theologically in your own life have the members in your life actually engage with this. I know a lot of the software has accountability that emails the person that it, that it emails the people in your lives that you want to know about this and to challenge you to do better and to be accountable. Have those people in your life, but have the people that will take a stand against what you are doing and to be able to speak truth and love and yet have those tough conversations about what you're going to be able to do to prevent it next time or how are you going to be able to engage better on your computer whenever you're working. And I think that that's so key to all of this. So you just said, you just said that a pastor actually gave advice to just give in to pornography. You know, it's, it's better than doing it with an actual person. There's less consequences. So it's okay. Like you just said that that guy's not a pastor. He's not taking care of his flock. That, that makes me, that makes me mad. <laughs> Here's the kicker. If we if we go back to the discussion we had in the last stage, that this becomes a relational ministry for the church tech team, you might be catching your pastor doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. And so if you're going to be truly doing a relational ministry, then that means that you might have to engage your senior leadership, your supervisors, some of the people that are up front and always engaging with your congregation that you would have to tell them, I know what you've been doing and we need to have a conversation about this of why it's wrong. And if they come at you with the theology that's different from yours and is not biblical, if, if this is going to be a relational ministry, you're going to have to stand up to them and to have those hard conversations with them. And I think that this is where it gets real and, and even more than just telling someone that you've met once or twice at church in the two years you've been there. What happens when you have to tell the leadership, the people that write your checks that they're supposed to be, as you said, the shepherds. What happens when you have that conversation? You better know your theology. You better understand why it is that you're tracking the stuff on the servers and that you have the okay, but that you also have those conversations beforehand of here's what's going to happen. Here's going to be the consequences, and the ramifications, and nobody's exempt, not even church leadership. I think we'll leave the conversation here and put a pin in it. We are going to continue having this dialogue on what it means to combat pornography in the church and in the homes of Christians. And so keep looking for those articles coming out probably every single week for the rest of the year. I think there's so much to talk about with this. So we'll move on to the boss stage.
Hey guys, we have with us this week from TripleXChurch.com, one of the pastors, Carl Thomas. You are involved with church with churches that are just trying to you're trying to do a nonprofit for helping people as far as pornography and you guys have a, a loose association with the Triple X watch and the software that goes on there. What it is that you actually do with the website? We started back in 2002 Mm -hmm. and we started primarily, I wasn't with them at the time, but they started just as triplexchurch.com with the main intention of helping people with pornography issues via awareness, prevention, and recovery. And then the first resource that we released was X3 Watch, which is our software. So, uh, you know, we actually, we actually are the are the creators of X3 Watch, but you know we we have X3 Watch on its own website, and X3 Watch is an accountability software. It was free for everybody, um, it still is the free version, and then we have a premium version which brings in filtering and other internet safety, uh, you know, features, and uh, and then as we kept going, we've come out with more resources so then we came out with x3 pure which is our recovery online recovery workshops and then we came out in 2012 with x3 groups which is our online support group uh model i love it and i have i come from a very unique background because not only do i have church technology in my heart as far as loving to be able to serve people that way and then i have the youth ministry aspect where i've been doing that for nine years now but now i'm heading into this new phase of my life where I'm doing counseling. And so something like this with pornography and and the the depression that comes with it and everything, that is going to be the focus of my life for quite a while. And so I see a lot of the brokenness. Can you just share a little bit about um, the, the history and the struggle as far as pornography in the church and why even have something like this? Pornography is one of those things that really is no discriminator. So whether you're a believer or not, and, you know, we see the statistics are pretty much the same inside and outside the church, uh, which I think is one of the things that many churches have their hard, have a hard time getting their minds around. So, you know, if it's one in every two men in the secular world, let's just call it, uh, if one out of every two men have a, a porn addiction or you don't want to use the word addiction they just have a habitual use pattern yeah um it's the same in the church you know 18 around 18 percent of women it's probably a little higher now because i mean some of these stats are kind of old unfortunately people there's not big money in putting out poor use stats so you know the stats don't come out super frequently and uh so i mean some of these numbers i'm sure have gotten worse or bigger but last time you know we had done some research it was between 18, I think, and 20% of women inside the church or outside the church, doesn't matter, have some sort of sexual addiction, pornography, you know, whether it be video or erotica or whatever. Um, Say one out of every two church families admit that pornography is a problem or is affecting their house. You know, they don't get into the details of how, but, you know, you figure if it's one out of every two men and one out of every five women, roughly, chances are in your household you have several of those so somebody in your household very often is struggling with it and then as the demographics get younger uh the numbers get worse Mm -hmm. so you know you're dealing with 
17, 18-year-olds, it's 80 to 90% of teens in that male teens in that area are regularly using pornography. Now, I wouldn't necessarily call them an addict, but they're regularly using it, which is still a problem. So, sure. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we really believe that this is a, this is like one of the major issues out there that, um, that we need to deal with not only as a culture, because it affects us on a cultural level, but especially in the church, because, you know, we're talking about spiritual growth and helping people connect with God and, uh, you know, discipleship and all those things. And if you're steeped in habitual porn use, um, you know, you're going to have a problem with that. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not to shame you or anything, but it's just biblical. I mean, if you're, if you have this thorn in your side that you just aren't pulling out, uh, it's going to inhibit your relationship with God. Sure. So, you know, and unfortunately a lot of, a lot of people just don't get that or they just don't think the problem's that big. You know, like, oh, well, in the church it's not as big, but they're, they're wrong. You know, it's, it's just as big. And I would say in some cases it might even be worse because right. so much of porn is, um, shame based and you know you find a lot of guys that have these problems have very like the more the religious if you will background you know rules oriented background sometimes mm -hmm. the worse it is because they've grown up with this like really shameful view of sex in general so you know it, it, that that adds to the mix yeah definitely one of the questions that we asked this week was how is it that you can stop pornography uh, do you stop it with software or do you stop it with relationships? And, and I don't think that those are mutually exclusive. Um, but the question is, if we're going to pick one to be the priority, especially if, if someone is in that situation where they are having that, that shame, that guilt, and yet it's becoming kind of a cycle, um, yeah. what, do, what do we do? What would, what would be your response to something like that of trying to... Um, for someone that wants to get out of that cycle, that wants to stop, that's struggling with it, what would you say is um, the best combination of trying to um, stop the stop the acts? Yeah. Uh, okay. So just just so I kind of cover your question because I wasn't I thought you meant when you said stop pornography, I wasn't sure you know what you were getting at. So <laughs> sure. I'll just I'll just kind of give you like a both answers. So. Sure. In general, just the idea of stopping pornography is kind of a misnomer. I mean, you're never going to stop it. And quite honestly, as an organization, we're not out to stop it or shut down the industry or anything like that. That's not our yeah. goal. Um, you know, we're not the censorship people or the police. You know, in fact, we, we're very active in the industry trying to build relationships with people um, hmm. just to let them know about God. But, yeah, you know, in terms of how do you prevent it, uh, or how do you stop using it? That's a whole other story. So with prevention, again, there's no way to stop it. I mean, when we tell parent, talk to parents about kids, the bottom line is they're going to see it someday. That's uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion. And when you know parents try to put their kids in a bubble and don't really talk about the issue, it sets them up for failure because when they eventually do see it, they're not going to really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we, we, we definitely advocate like a, I guess you'd say a balanced or blended approach to this. So, yeah, you got to have your due diligence. Um, you need to, you know, we think accountability software or filtering software in any home with children is a good idea because, you know, hey, they might see it eventually, but they don't have to see it on your computer, hopefully. 
um, having just what I would call general practical measures, like for instance, hey, the family computer shouldn't be in the basement out, outside of the eyes of mom and dad. It should probably be in a more public area. Mm-hmm. Um, parents should have you know, policies in place like where it's like, you know, when I say policies, not written out, but just understood like, hey, you know, listen, no, no, uh, no cleared histories, you know, when, when mom or dad logs on, that type of thing. So, yeah, prevention is important. And I think filtering software, since that's where most of your porn, porn exposure is probably going to end up being, I think filtering software is huge. Um, also, being up on things because that's where, te- where it is happening in technology. In fact, we have a new project that just came out called iParent.tv, and mm-hmm. um, the purpose of iParent.tv is basically it's a resource site where parents can go and get um, uh, update, you know, current blogs and video reviews on like all the latest tech fads that their kids are into. So it goes beyond filtering. It's more of an education piece where the kid says hey mom dad i want to install snapchat and parents have no idea what snapchat even is <laughs> they can go onto this site and get a good review on terms of like what are the benefits of snapchat what are the downsides of it how do kids use it what are the recommended ages if you're going to let them use it that type of thing so it's mm-hmm. a it's a pretty vast thing uh you know in terms of prevention but ultimately you still have to have that conversation and you need to have that atmosphere in your home well established where and, and this the younger you start the better the chance you're going to have this is uh you know your kids need to feel safe and comfortable coming to you with questions about stuff like this yeah so the idea is not to insulate them from it completely it's to be diligent and, and do what you should to, to prevent as much as you can but more importantly prepare them so when they do experience it, they, they kind of know what to do, you know, or they know how to process it, or they know that if they don't know how to process it, they can come to mom and dad and talk about it without feeling like they're going to get punished. Yeah. So on the prevention side, you know, that's what I would say. On the recovery side, you know, that's, um, honestly, it's, again, it's, a, it's kind of a blended thing. Uh, you know, recovery starts with, you know, your recovery starts with a commitment to recovery, so you you gotta have you gotta have that desire to get like that sincere desire that hey you know I'm done with this mm-hmm. before you even begin. If you enter into any sort of recovery process begrudgingly, like you know it's like oh I really would like to look at porn, I really don't see a problem with it, but such and such tells me I gotta do this, so I'm gonna do it. Like, sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter what we give you resource wise or do, it's not gonna help, you know, because you gotta make that initial decision that you're done with it you know now once you have that desire to be done with it then yeah then it's a then it's a combination of things so the software we we feel is important because of two things the accountability well i'll get to that because that's more relationships but the filtering with our premium version like again it's one of those things where it's like it's not gonna uh, having a filter on your internet is not gonna Keep you know, take you from porn addict to non-porn addict, you know. But it's going to definitely help you in terms of like limiting the visual distractions and triggers that can come along your way when you're working. Yeah. Um, the accountability software is more important because it taps into that whole relationship idea. And realistically, it, I think the the biggest key to all this is 
is, is relationships. You know, we, and we can put a lot of different words on that. Accountability is a form of a relationship where you are inviting people in your life to basically see what you're up to, question you on it, encourage you, whatever. Not not be uh, policemen so much, but and they invite people into your life to say, hey, look, if it looks like I'm going off astray, you have permission to come in and say, hey, I noticed you liked this on Facebook, or I noticed you did this. Is that a problem? Why are you doing that? Is that mm-hmm. really a good idea? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, and even in our recovery groups, um, one of the big things is, one of the big reasons they, they do so well, yeah, the curriculum's great, and, and the questions are great, and the format's great, but honestly, it's it's really the community that the guys like the most, is that they're signing on once a week with any, anywhere between 8 to 10 guys, all who are basically struggling with the same thing, and you know, they get to share openly and authentically without feeling like they're going to get condemned or shamed, but still, no, they have that accountability in terms of, like, when they come to group, they messed up that week, they're going to have to talk about it. So, you know, it, I think it's a, it, it's definitely a, a balance. You know, you have to have resources, i.e. filtering software, accountability software, recovery workshops where, you know, you can learn about what you're going through and what you're experiencing and why this happens, not just, well, it happens. Yeah. You know, it's good to know why, but then beyond that, you need to have the, the real-life relationships, whether they're online via support group or your, your, your brother or your good friend down the road who you got coffee with. you got to have those, those ongoing relationships because without the relationships, you're, you're, you're really missing out on what I would th- say is like the most critical piece of, of, the, of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I love that. I just love the idea of what this is about. I actually, um, 2003, whenever I went to college, I actually started working with the software because I was joining a men's group and this was probably the one thing that was talked about the most before and after the men's Bible study and never discussed during. And so just the idea that we could have something like this that is able to help us be accountable to each other. And it was a very simple thing that we could install and it was a very simple way of just being able to have those conversations. But then everything that you're saying now even outside of the software is so true just to be able to be able to do that well, be able to do that with grace and to be able to do that with conviction as we're not only supporting those that are struggling, but then also for ourselves that we are just taking the time to be able to truly um, seek after, after the things that are in our heart that, that are supposed to be um, moving us towards God, and I think that that's great. I love the I love the practicality of what you just said. Well, thank you, Carl, for joining us. If you guys want more information on this, go to Triple X Church. It's xxxchurch.com. Um, the links for all this stuff, the groups, the software, the pure are right there on the website, so you can get all of that easy access. We'll have the link in the show notes. Carl, thank you for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Level Up Podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to us on iTunes and sign up for the newsletter to get exclusive podcast content and freebies. I've officially pressed the record button. Can we go back to the Bunny Hill stage? (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
man. Yeah, I've, I've been wearing the same pants all day. Ew. I've worn the same pants for days.